Ooh, I'm just scraping myself off the floor. Oh. Do you know, it is the greatest privilege of my life to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I feel so privileged, I just don't want to get it wrong this morning. God, our God, we just commit this morning to you. <laughs> and I just pray, God, that you will come. And God said to me this morning, holy ground, holy ground. I suggest if you come up here, you take your shoes off. Um, yeah, just half that to do, Gary. My eyes are sort of, yeah. Okay, holy ground. So, you know, there's something here this morning. So, we have had so many attacks this morning. Oh, my goodness, everything that could go wrong. All the equipment goes bang. Uh, last night in the middle of the night, I was so sick. I felt like I woke up and something grabbed me by the stomach and twisted it, and I went out to the living room, and I was just sweat all over me. And I spoke the name of Jesus, and 10 minutes later... I was a little bit better. I'm getting better, getting better. But you know, the devil doesn't want us to break through in this area because if we break through in this area, what will we get? Boldness to break the yokes on people's lives, to speak the gospel with boldness. Oh my goodness, we don't know what boldness is. Just read through Acts and you'll see what the apostles were like. Oh my, God wants us to begin to walk in this way with more boldness. We will get the gifts that we need to empower us to walk this walk. So the devil does not want us in this territory but we this morning agree that we're going there anyway. Yeah, we're going there anyway. Do you know why the Holy Spirit is more precious than ever to me? Because in my childhood, I was brought up in a church that had the Holy Spirit in a wee box down the back. And they believed that the Holy Spirit's job was basically done. And Acts 2 was a great historical account. How sad. But do you know what? The Holy Spirit will not be boxed. And so while the church I attended had this, this uh, rigid theological box, the Holy Spirit was breaking out all over the world and through many people that had been in that particular church as well because the Holy Spirit will not be limited by our small minds and our wrong thinking. And what I felt the Lord say today, uh, when I said to him, what is it about Acts 2 today? And the word I got was violent wind. I mean, really, out of the whole of Acts 2, why did I see violent wind? Well, this is what I believe God wants to say, is this was not in their theological box. You know, it wrecks your hairstyle. It blows over the flower arrangement. Violent wind is not what you expect in your church situation or your temple for that matter. And the other bit is fire. Now, look, when I look at the icons, they have this lovely wee bit of fire just up here like this. But fire's not like that. It's not containable. So when the fire came, it came as fire. And it separated above different people's heads. 
But imagine that when the Holy Spirit came and the, the flame of the fire came through. Wow, that is not predictable. And then the other thing is tongues. Oh my goodness, we actually find this a wee bit of a difficult concept because we like to be in control. I mean, don't you like to know what's going on? Ah, even if it's in your mind? Well, actually, this is really quite offensive because it puts aside your mind. And most of us don't like that. It's not something that we are really into. We like to be in control. And the Holy Spirit says, I can sometimes do it better without your mind because your mind can be an incredible block to what I want to do in my kingdom and in your own life. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit is the most amazing person. Did you know that he actually is God? And we have this mysterious God. Now, I don't want you to be afraid of mysterious. Don't be afraid of the fact that God is mysterious and really we cannot possibly with our puny minds understand all there is about God. It just doesn't happen. We have to learn to trust. And when our minds don't comprehend, you know, the thing to do is not to fight it but to bow. You know, this is the character of God. Do you know the character of God? In that case, just bow and say, my puny mind is having a problem with this, but I choose to trust you because you are so faithful and your word is true. And if your word and this work together, I trust. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So where do you find truth? You find it in the Holy Spirit. So you have to have more of the Holy Spirit so you get a better angle on truth. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. So when you go through the deepest, darkest waters of grief or situations, you've got to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your counsellor. So when you need to know more than what you can understand and cope with, you need the Holy Spirit to help you by speaking into your heart and your mind and your spirit, and he wants to do it. And do you know that the Holy Spirit is the part of God that knows everything and can be everywhere at once? So that's how God has omniscience and omnipotence. You know, he has the knowing all, the being all through the Holy Spirit. So therefore David said, where can I go from your Holy Spirit? Because it's the Holy Spirit who can see through all the world. And the Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus has released as he went back to glory to walk with us. So Jesus could not walk with you and you and you in different places. So if he walked with you, he couldn't walk with you because he was limited by being in the body of a man. But he said, I will not leave you alone like orphans. Do you know, we know about orphans. We adopted one. And the deep, deep hurt from being abandoned and rejected is so big. 
And Jesus said, no, this is not something that I am going to leave with you when I go. No, no. In fact, I'm going to leave with you so much presence, it'll be even better than when I was here on earth. This is the Holy Spirit we're talking about this morning. So is Acts 2 relevant? Absolutely. It is so relevant. We actually live in the same era as the Holy Spirit era starting in Acts 2. So what it was like then, the Holy Spirit wants to do now. Okay, nothing's changed. It hasn't been, in a, it hasn't been put in a box in the corner. The Holy Spirit wants to be as big and alive and working and giving gifts as he was in Acts 2. The second thing is the message is the same. If you read Acts 2 message that Peter spoke, let's just read a little bit of it. It's our message. It's, it's God's message of the gospel. And, you know, this is the first time we see an, uh, an apostle standing up boldly and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who comes to exalt Jesus. So, you know, when the people spoke in tongues, what did they speak about? It says in Acts 2, they spoke about the wonders of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to speak about all kinds of trivial little things, but when you're speaking in tongues, you're proclaiming the wonders of God and the power of God over situations that you might know nothing about. This is absolutely mind-blowing that we can have this power in these puny little earthen vessels here. But that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to turn us upside down and empower us in ways we've never known. And we know our job is to stop being moderate. I heard it from the Lord this morning. Stop being moderate. We want to be tolerant. We want to be moderate. We want to fit everybody possible in the framework. But, you know, for, for us to go with God in the fullest possible way, he's calling us to be radical. And, you know, radical is from the root. What is the root? The root is God himself. So we have to be drawing as much as we can from the root of Jesse, which is Jesus, and that's through the Holy Spirit power. Yeah. So the message is the same. Let's go to Acts 2, and we're just going to remind ourselves of a few things before we go on, because this is Activation Sunday, guys. This God is calling us into a greater walk with him. Okay, Acts 2, chapter 1. Oh, well, no, Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, here it comes, the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And we're waiting for it, aren't we? We're crying for it. We're hungry for it. We expect to see it. Something like this is more than possible with our God. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, you know, when we become Christians, the Lord breathes his Spirit on us, and it's a wonderful thing. But what he wants us to experience beyond that is he wants to immerse us in his Spirit. 
Now, when you immerse something, it means that it's... Uh, now, I just want to show you this because... Now, that is not immersed. That's called sprinkle. So you can have that much Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available. But immerse means my fingers are immersed in the water. And what the Lord is calling for you is be immersed, filled, so that it comes over and it's got stuff for other people as well. So that's the Holy Spirit filling. It's immersion. Who's into immersion? Come on. We need immersion. We don't need a little bit. We need to be absolutely drowned in the Spirit. Actually, that's what God's calling us to do, to be drowned in the Spirit. It's not my life. I was crucified with Christ. Therefore, I live. Nevertheless, it is not I, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, we've got to get that. We need to be drowned. We need to allow God to drown us and our desires and all our things we think are important in the sea of his love so that we come up coated with him. Maybe even inside as well, because if you drown, it all goes inside as well. Actually, I'd like that. I'm okay with that. All right. So, we're on to verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? And there's a whole lot of languages there. And I'm going on to verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And some, of course, said, oh, they're drunk. But Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and said, oh, wow, it's not drunkness because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. It's a fulfillment of Old Testament scripture because Old Testament scripture will be fulfilled because it is the word of God and the word of God endures forever. And if we will slight the word of God, we will not be able to walk in his power. We must be people of the word who will put the word deep in our heart and walk by it. So he knew it and he quoted it. And then he says, guys, you missed the boat. This Messiah came and you missed the boat. Not only didn't you believe him, but by your actions, he was crucified. Whoa, that's a heavy word. You know, we're not so great on heavy words. We like to just uh, steer away from heavy words and just have the words that are really encouraging for people. It's not very encouraging when someone comes to you and says, you missed the boat. Oh my goodness. Uh, but... You see, because there is a but. So let's turn down to verse 36. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus who you crucified, both Lord, that means supreme 
master of whom there is no equal. Lord and Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent. You see, this is the gospel message. There's no filling of the Spirit without repentance. You know, repentance is, I'm going this way, I love this thing, I want to do this thing, this is captivate me. God speaks, there's an arrow of light into you and you turn around the other way and you walk the other way and you say, I will not do that because my eyes are on Jesus and I will follow him with everything in my heart and my life. That's repentance. So he says, this is what the small thing you have to do is repent of everything that has caused you to crucify the King of Glory and be baptized. And so that's part of our gospel experience is that we physically go down into the waters of baptism and publicly say to people, I am drowned and come up in the newness of the life. Of Jesus. So he says, What you have to do, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the supreme king, whose name breaks every shackle. It doesn't say that. I'm just adding it because it's in the word. That's the Jesus Christ we serve for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all the Lord God will call. That's now as well. These are the children. We are the children afar off. God has called us. There's no difference whether we were in Acts 2 or now. God has a call for us. He says to you, come on, repent, be baptized, be forgiven, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Get out of the burning pile of rot and step into the holy temple of God. Wow, this is a big call. It's not just move slightly sideways. It's not just, hey, there's room for a bit of God in my life. No, there is not, unless you're giving him the whole lot. You know, consecration is not giving God a little bit, maybe Sundays. Consecration is the whole works. And when you say, I'm not satisfied, with God. He doesn't satisfy me. Why do you think that is? It might be because you didn't give him enough. Oh, it's a bit heavy, isn't it? But you know, the result of giving God enough and more from us is so big and so beyond what we could do in our own selves. It's worth it all. You know, we've underplayed the gospel. You know, we've underplayed what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. He wants to do more than we could ever ask or think. And there's things in my life that I cannot believe that God was gracious enough to let me experience. And I'm looking for a whole lot more. A whole lot more. Okay, so this is when people receive 
filling of the Holy Spirit. And in, the, in Acts, very often the sign of the filling of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues, speaking in another language. In this instance, it was a language that some other people knew. And actually, this still happens. We have, in, my, in the organization I work for, we have a translator who's translating into Indonesian, and he never learnt the language. God gave him the gift. There's other times I can tell you stories, people who were standing in church, worshipping God and speaking in tongues to the Lord themselves, and the person in front of them was from that language. And they heard the wonders of God in their own language. God is not limited. This is something he can do. Actually, when we were in Thailand and Laos, I asked him, could you? Would you? But it was no. It was a little bit more hard work involved there. But there are times when he will do this because he knows exactly the right thing. And he has the power to mess with our brains. You know, amazing messing with brains when you don't have to learn a language and somehow you can speak it. And you know, this is also what happens when we speak in tongues because God releases us into a zone that we could not have even begun to realise before. You know, Alex and I um, spent years overseas and one of the the key things that God called us to do was to pray for the nations, these nations in which we lived. I wouldn't have gone without the gift of tongues. Because when we go to different places and we don't know the spiritual forces that are in that place and we don't understand situations that are coming against us and we can't even hear the language that's being spoken on the street to know anything, well, if we haven't got the gift of tongues, what the heck are we going to be able to hold on to? But the gift of tongues means that we can pray exactly what God wants us to pray. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weaknesses. Hey, guys, are you weak? Do you have weaknesses? Well, this is where you need to go. We do not know how we ought to pray. I bet that 80% of you, at least, in this room would say one of your weaknesses was just not knowing how, when, or actually I don't even get to praying. So what do you do, like us, when God says, go to that nation and pray? And you go, oh, I don't know how. I've never done anything like that. What do you do? Well, actually, what you do is you pray in tongues when you haven't got any other ideas. And, when, and you pray in tongues. And you pray more in tongues. And day after day after day, you pray in tongues. Because it says here, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So if we want to pray, the safest way to pray is in tongues. Because you know that you're going to knit, hit the spot. Maybe not knit the spot. Some of you would find that, but hit the spot. Okay, so Holy Spirit, we need you and we need tongues. I believe that the personal gift of tongues is something that is available to all of us. 
and that we should seek it because it is so vital to our personal walk with God. Now, Paul sets down a whole lot of uh, um, guidelines for when it's in public, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the gift that God wants you to have, which is often the gift that people leave under the Christmas tree. It's just a little gift. It's a small package, so some people think. Actually, it's the gift I would not let go of most. Okay, so under the Christmas tree, there it is, and all the other gifts have been taken up, but not that one. And you know, it's our own minds working against us. In my experience, when I came to be filled with the Spirit, and I came from a background where it just wasn't the thing that people did at all, in fact, it was a bit heretical, I said to the people who prayed for me, in my arrogance and ignorance, I don't think God will give me the gift of tongues. Oh, I'm sorry, God. But fortunately, God did not listen to me. And the people said to me, open your mouth and just start saying some praise to God and say some of the words we are saying. And you know what? Oh, I spoke in tongues, and it was so exciting. I was just about drunk, and on the way home in the car, I was in the back seat, and I was going, because I was afraid it would go away, and I didn't want to let go of this amazing gift that God had just given me. But, you know, the, the Scripture says that God gives gifts without recompense, which means he doesn't give them and take them away. So when you are given this gift, you will have this gift for the rest of your life. And what a blessing. I've heard of people who got into who were kidnapped. I heard of someone who was kidnapped and she didn't know what to do. It was a very, very dangerous situation. And so she spoke in tongues and she just kept speaking in tongues. And the people who were kidnapping her thought she'd gone mad. And so they let her go. Ah, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Okay, so going on for the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's so amazing. He's so amazing. We need him. I just want to look through here. There's so much about what the gift of tongues will give us in our walk with God. It's just so personal and so um, refreshing. And the Lord says the Holy Spirit will bring refreshment. And what's refreshment? It's like, washing over us when we feel dirty or unloved or un-anything, the washing of the Holy Spirit will refresh us. And that's what Peter, in his sermon in chapter 3, says that there will come times of refreshing from the Lord. And this is what he is calling us to be part of, that refreshing of the Lord. And there are people here today who are feeling anything but refreshed and who need to know that the gift of tongues will build them up so that they won't have to come up to the altar call to be refreshed. They will know they can just get on their knees with the Lord in their hearts and speak in tongues and put some music on and just be in his presence and be refreshed themselves. And God wants us to show that the maturity of this way in our lives. You know, it's easy to be built up by other people and it's much harder to learn to build ourselves up in the Lord. And this is maturity in the Lord. When we learn to build ourselves up in the Lord, but you've got to have the gift available to help you to do it. The Word of God and 
gift of tongues will help you to be able to access that refreshment that God wants for you. It's not a trance. It's in the control of the person who does it. People say to me, oh, counterfeits. Oh, I've heard the Rastafarians do it too. Well, don't touch money because there's a lot of counterfeits of money too. So put away all money because there's so many counterfeits of money. But the fact is that counterfeits mean that there's something genuine, beautiful, powerful that the devil does not want you to have access to. So he is trying to make you feel fearful of this new thing so that you won't step out. Because he knows that if you get this uh, overpowering of the Holy Spirit that you'll be a different person and he'll have to watch out a whole lot more. So fact of the matter is don't listen to lies. Mm, I've finished. Oh, God. <laughs> I've really finished. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's just starting. And this is a day when if you are feeling like you've never spoken in tongues or it isn't fully released in your life, we would love to pray for you. We would just absolutely love to. Oh, we went back to the Thailand last year, to Lao last year, and there were some people there who just hadn't known about the Holy Spirit and they were so hungry and a friend of ours said when you go to that city visit them because they want to be released so we went and we visited them they had a little bit of English we had a little bit of Lao we had a whole lot of worship and you know when you lift the name of Jesus the Holy Spirit comes in because that's his job to help you exalt the name of Jesus so we did it together in our languages we just worshipped And, you know, we just laid hands on the gentleman and he spoke in tongues. God released him because that's what he wants to do. But you have to open your mouth. You know, there's actually uh, not so much hope of you having the gift of tongues if you stand there and go, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." why don't you just come and open your mouth and worship God and bow before him. So the key thing is do your heart check. Do your heart check, folks. Make sure that there's repentance in your heart and there's nothing blocking what God wants to do. This is so important because sin blocks us. Sin, unconfessed sin blocks us from what God really wants to do in our lives. Do that heart check and come. Take your shoes off, guys, if you want to because the Lord wants to do things here this morning. We want to pray for you. We want to pray over you. We want to lay hands on you if that's appropriate. 